As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Such, my, what lovely veneers you've got. And fangs. That doubles as the thong, actually. Thank you for joining the madness. We have got Jamie Boyle. We have got Alex Reed. We have got Jen. And we're in Middlesbrough. I've never worn a Jamie, Jamie Boyle. Sean... Atwood would face you like mask. To, would you like to wear a Sean Atwood face mask? I'd rather wear it as a thong. Because... <laughs> oh, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We're going to have a, a bottle of wine and um, and you've yeah. What did you think of Middlesbrough when you had a look about? I actually really liked it. I thought it was it was friendly, and it, you, you actually <laughs> said to me. Middlesbrough and friendlies. Do you know what people are warm and friendly up here? I I really feel I, I it's clean. Mm. It seemed it seems actually quite. Debonair, swish. Yeah. Oh. I mean, do you know what, Sean? You said it, it was like a different environment to what. When I go down, spend time in Whitechapel and all that, it's a million mile an hour, and I, it's like going to a different planet. You, do you find that up here? From the south, the hive energy of London, the vibrations that get you all like up to the relaxed pace of northern cities and towns. It's a massive. Frequency like shift, isn't it? You say yeah. you say relax, but we're not. We, I mean, we literally went out around what time was it? About six, half mm-hmm. six. I imagine it would be a bit more vibrant at about nine o'clock at night because you, I mean, you were telling me mm. it was quite rough. And we were outside the club. What was yeah. the club called? The Bongo. Bongo. And that was that, quite that, a violent club. That, that was that was the only door back in Lee Duffy's generation. Era, if you like, that was the only door that actually stood so up. Who's Lee, who's Lee Duffy? I mean, I, 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 obviously, um, I obviously know, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people yeah, that he, like he, the Robin Hood of. He, he was, um, you know, the craze of Bethnal Green, Paul Sykes, Wakefield, Viv Graham, Newcastle, and, and kind of um, in, in Middlesbrough, certainly for a true crime element, it's Lee Duffy. Um, yeah, there's, there's no one really else. <clears throat> Saying that, I've just discovered um, a link that there was a potential Jack the Ripper suspect from Middlesbrough for this new book. But uh, ultimately, when people... I mean, I, I've had messages these last couple of months. Um, Peter Lee, Western Supermare, people driving up just to go to Lee's grave and uh, and see where it all happened. But, um, yeah, yeah, the bongo door was a, a very rough place in Middlesbrough and... Um, Every, everything happened there. What about now? So we did a lovely live there, didn't we? Yes, and um, we're going to be doing a second one with the, with the Paul Sykes one. But, is um, it a violent door now? 
It's it's re, re, it's died. It's um, it it closed. Like it was open, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It, it finished a couple of years back. Uh, was it a violent door then? Yes, it was. I mean, the owner uh, Abdullah died only a couple of years back, and he was a hundred and four. And he actually he was still working on that door, like running it. Certainly, to probably about ninety six, ninety seven. Hundred and four. And back in that time, he used to carry a knife specifically for Lee Duffy. So he was, you know, he was just so he was one of the only one in Teesside that said, "I don't give a fuck who you are. You have to, you have to pay me, and you've got to behave." And um, yeah, it's a lot. Lots of things have happened on that on that. It doesn't door. really inspire me to go there. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> so from that, a tourist point of view, why would you advise people to come to Middlesbrough? <laughs> um, do, do you know what? It's, <laughs> Middlesbrough yeah. first and foremost started is, off so well. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what? Ca- Ca- Captain Cook put Middlesbrough on the map. Um, Captain Cook. Captain Cook. He discovered <laughs> Australia. <laughs> And Middlesbrough. Uh, and then essentially he moved as far away as he could and then he mo- he come back and he moved, he emigrated to um, Whitechapel, Marlon Road. And uh, But he kind of, you know, he was the first one in Middlesbrough that people are, are, are naming the hospitals after. Uh, Chris Rea, Bob, and, um, Bob Mortimer, Chubby Brown, uh, oh, Chris Kamara, Jenny South, Amelia Lilly, Brian Clough. But of course, on a true crime element, it's Lee Duffy. And lots of your followers, Sean, will be very familiar um, with Middlesbrough South, South Bank in, in, in general. And that was Duffy, who was a young kid. And um, you know what? Paul Daniels come from South Bank. But a lot of people are aware of South Bank because of this young kid who walked about in shorts and a vest and... And uh, ultimately left this kind of legacy for good or bad. I don't know, but people are just obsessed. With... What was the Battle of the Bongo? <clears throat> so the the Battle of the Bongo. Um, I think well, Paddy Maloney spoke of it in uh, the Hall of the Moon documentary, and that was basically Duffy and a couple of his mates. I won't name. All tried getting in, uh, and Paddy Paddy was there this particular night and uh, seeing everything go on. And uh, it ended with loads of people hospitalised and hammers about. And it was just, you know, and it was spoken of. <clears throat> and even even when Lee Duffy died, um, you know, all these people, the 92, 93 court cases, that all started because Lee went in the bongo, tried to get in. Abdullah said, you can't. And, uh, you know, this kind of... Him and them, and obviously lots of Duffy's mates, and uh, and there was just kind of battle for a couple of years. But no one got on the bongo door unless you paid in, unless old Abdullah liked you. It was nicely reinforced, wasn't it? But what's it like? Look, that's that was then. What's it like now? I mean, it, yeah. it looked like a nice, quite a nice place to come down. Um, I was quite, I was quite impressed. Do you know what? You're painting not a very nice image of it. Middle, Middlesbrough, like... the town, obviously, <laughs> the councillor. They've invested. You agree? They've invested a lot of money over the last couple of years, uh, trying to make Middlesbrough a nicer place. Um, millions has been spent, and it is. It's a nice on the eye, but there's certain patches, you know, like over the border, which is where the bongo was. Um, that what, area. what does this mean, the border? The border yeah, of what? Because yeah, yeah. so, people put it in the comments, back in the day you wouldn't be filming on the border like that. Yeah, yeah. so oh, over the border it was the train tracks. 
So if you were clusters on that other, so the area is called postcode it. wars, like yeah, yeah. in London. Yeah, sort of, but um, the Knives? area. No, not guns. I mean, no, no, not not like that. But the area was was called Saint Hilda's, and um, it's been very much. <clears throat> it's been very much like um, Paul Venice's area, South Bank. They're, they're flattening a lot of things, but the money's not going back into it. So it's you know what the things in, are in the area, just things like charity shops and you know there's not it's not really thirty years ago. South Bank had its own train, it had its own um, shop, football stadium, it had, had nightclubs, it had everything, and people didn't even need to go and travel in the centre of Middlesbrough because everything was in the cent- was in South Bank. We've got that lovely bridge that we talked about. Yeah, the Transporter Bridge, which is. Um, it's it's very iconic and it's probably the first thing you think of in Middlesbrough. I know Paul Sykes put in his book, Sweet Agony, he said, when I got to Middlesbrough, I thought, what a fucking dump. He said, the place filled me with dread. And he said, when I spent a week here with John Spensley, um, he said, you know what, it was the best week of my life. He said, Middlesbrough, it's just, it's, there's everything going on for different kinds of environments, your baddies, your goodies. Uh, you know, it's got a, a huge university thing at the minute. So there's there's people from Ireland going, you know, going up to Middlesbrough, and it, it, it has got a lot better. But um, you know, it has it has had its bad cases of drugs and particularly prostitution. Um, you know, a lot of people were coming up and getting caught from Newcastle, Sheffield. They were all getting caught cab crawling because Middlesbrough had the cheapest heroin and the cheapest cab uh, prostitutes. In Great Britain, so that's why you were seeing a lot of people. But um, it does it does have its um, its knockers, Middlesbrough. But it's an interesting place, Sean. For for you and what you do, there's been so many characters come out of the town of Middlesbrough. Uh, obviously, you know your first one is your Lee Duffy, but there's been a lot of other ones, and you think, and it was just normal to, <clears throat> you know, to have this kind of social tool and think. Right, I'm going to have a fight, or I'm going to sell drugs. Uh, you know, people were kind of certain parts of Middlesbrough were dragged up, and that's all they knew. So they didn't have this social social tool of saying, Do "You know what, lads, I don't want to fight tonight." It was just have a fight and think about what. And that was that's a lot of um, that's a lot of people's outlook in Middlesbrough. It was just violence is a normal thing. Um, you know, it's it's not as bad as it was years ago, but um, obviously, you know, with the Lee Duffy thing, and I've done a few of the other books from around the local area, and, and there's a lot of limelight come from, and I'm convinced, <clears throat> I'm convinced in the next couple of years, there will be someone come along and do a Lee Duffy film. Um, I get messages all the time, and there's people just obsessed with just want to, oh, tell me so-and-so. I spoke, I spoke to a guy not long back and he messaged me. I won't mention him, but he's got millions of followers. And he said, oh, I just want to talk. I fell down the lead of your rabbit hole. So uh, he wanted to talk to me and all. And the wife said, do you know who that is? And I was like, no. And this is a guy, famous, millionaire, but just wanted to talk about Lee Duffy. And that's, you know, there's so many people being like that the last couple of years. I've met people and... Boxers and footballers and oh isn't that where so and so you know it's the same with the Paul Sykes thing as well that's going to obviously take off when the film and documentary happens. So you say Lee Duffy put Middlesbrough on the map. Uh, oh God, this you know, Chris, like, if you're going to be a talk, like, <laughs> if I, to be tourist, honest, so... Chris Ringer, 
Right. Brian Clough. Brian Clough, I'm doing a book on him next year. Um, he was the greatest ever manager. He, he To give you an example, he was voted the third greatest manager of all time by ESPN. Um, he was like he was like Jose Mourinho 40 years ago. Massive personality, <clears throat> charismatic, uh, very, very quirky guy, but everyone knew him in the world. Uh, Brian Clough, uh, sorry, not Brian Clough, Chris Rea, he... Um, driving home for Christmas, and, and that, he grew up in Groville. So Brian Clough and Chris Rea come from the same area. <laughs> Just, you know, obviously Duffy was South Bank, but your other, your other people like Bob Mortimer, um, I don't know, there's been famous people over the years, and, you know, it was Middlesbrough, it gets a lot of I bad I believe life. it's about 250 years old, I think you told me. Did you Google it? Do you know what? No, I, I asked, how, yeah. how long has Middlesbrough been Middlesbrough? It's about, you said it started as a farm of about it, 25 It started as a farm at the back end of the 1700s, and uh, 25 people, and didn't, I'm not sure whether... How many now? Uh, the population of Middlesbrough these days is 149,000, but greater, greater Teesside, like your Stokesleys, your Great Aitons... Stockton, yeah, three hundred and seventy-six thousand. So it was quite, it is quite a big place. And that, in that number, most people are aware of Billy Duffy's and all. And that. tomorrow, mm. I, because you, what I was impressed with, you've got a good football stadium, and you're playing Chelsea. Right? Middlesbrough are playing Chelsea, so you're quite. Up and there. Um, do you know what? The favourites because Chelsea have got no fans allowed in, and people are thinking, oh well, hang on, Chelsea should beat Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough have just knocked out Man United and Tottenham back to back in the FA Cup. So um, Chelsea, you've got no fans, and um, I sounded like that guy there, didn't I? You've got no fans. So that's who Middlesbrough are playing tomorrow. It's on telly, FA Cup, and uh, the stadium holds about thirty-four thousand. And... I'm not a football fan. Are you football fans? Yeah, Sean's massive. <laughs> <laughs> I was never a jock. I've never. I, I... I can't say I've totally. even watched a football game. I mean, I've watched England. Have you not watched one? Yeah. Well, you know when it's in the World Cup, you go watch England, yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah. I um, I played for Man City. Did you? In Hollyoaks. Can't keep the ball to save my life. Oh, my God. I must have, why can't they make me a fighter or something? They made me a England's top striker. And I said, you're never going to have to kick a ball. So I was, I was training to do kippy-uppies like, every day for about six months, an hour a day. And I said, you're never going to need to mm. kick a ball. So I stopped training, and then six months later, they said, my last final show, I had to score the winning goal. Did you? For England against Greece. And I'm oh my God. I toe-punted it. I asked all the extras, and they're all good footballers, look, you can make me look like an arsehole, or I can buy you all a drink, and we can go home early. Mm. And they made me look good, thank goodness. But I still look like an arsehole. Because, <laughs> do you know what, Alex? People... I'm not going to go there, but people are aware of... But you're going to go there. No, no, I'm not going to. So that's... <laughs> Don't, look, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, promote not... me like you're going to promote Middlesbrough, stop! No, <laughs> what I'm going to say is... Jesus! Do you know what, what, what gets forget with Alex Reid, right, is he was famous in his own right until 2009, obviously become to the limelight. But do you know what? I mean, you know what? You're in Hollyoaks, you had military background... You were in Glad- Actually, look, look at this. Look what I'm wearing. Uncommon soldier. Yeah. Don't follow the crowd. Paratrooper, baby. <laughs> but saying that, I'm not, I, I say that with what's going on in the world at the moment. It's funny. I'm a member of many different groups, and I'm like, I'm, I'm anti-war. I don't, I don't believe in war. But do you know what? What I'm saying is, you've had all these fights over the world, acting, military background. 
uh, all these kind of different things. But obviously, you uh, you become. Can I ask you something? How do you deal with right negativity when controls? Sean gets it because everyone hates you. It's just in the small print, right? Yeah, I, even I do. Yeah, you're, you're going to get it because you come. We started this. We were just talking about you actually cried. Yeah. Tell us about it. That was in the we don't want to say it because don't want to encourage controls. Me, you know, can you remember last time we did our Liverpool trip? Yeah. And I had that really nasty comment put on me. Oh, yeah, because you I were went, just getting broken into the troll world, weren't you, around there? Yeah, and I was in, yeah. I was staying in his parents' outhouse. Mm. He could tell something was outhouse. up. Outhouse? Whatever it is. <laughs> Granny Annex. <laughs> what do you call it? Garage that was no, changed a bedroom. into a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's parents' garage. Beautiful. But, no, <laughs> and I got back there and I was just bursting tears. And you come in and you sat with me and just said, you know, obviously... It'll be alright, basically. Um, How you know? It will get easier. I don't bother me. I don't read the fucking oh, comments. Oh, yeah, no. that's the best way. No. Rus- Russell Brand said. He's, I mean, he obviously, he's massively fit, and he said, "Just don't look at it." But well, it was interesting actually because I watched a podcast recently where Ricky Gervais said, "The bigger you get, yeah." So the part Ma- of people who like you will go up. Show me a man who's got no haters, you. and I'll show you he's got no success. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> do you know what, Sean? Uh, Alex was 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 famous in his own right, fighter, model, all these kind of things, right? And then when he kind of, when everyone in the world and people's nanas knew he was, right? How 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 was it, Alex? Right, when you wake up, right, and you've gone from being small time to news reporters hanging outside your house, just and it, how did how is it, right, when you're in the front of the news of the world and everyone hates you? How do you cope with that level of millions? Not everyone hates you, but I mean, like, there is a point where you. You get 999 great comments mm. and you get one comment and you concentrate on the bad comment. Yeah. That's what that's, that's human nature. <laughs> and it, it takes a while of... I mean, I do read comments. Not all the time. I don't look for them. But if I'm... I, I like, I'd look at them now because I, I like to say they have no power. They still do have power. Someone said something nasty yesterday. Mm. I'm like, do you know what? It, you have to check yourself. I don't... If you continually put your hand into a pot of nasty comments, you're going to pull out, you're going to, it's going to stick, it's going to, some of it's going to stick. So I'm not doing that all the time, but I sometimes, look, if you're a brand and you're, you want brand awareness, you want to kind of see how the brand is from time to time. So I put my head in, but I, I take now a more, a more mature, it's less affected. I mean, I'm not Because when really... you first got your uh, first negative story in the papers, how did that make you feel? Can you remember? So you were 34 then? And the first well, one that made well, you feel well. I mean, I was bullied at school, and and in my fight game, there's always bullying, isn't there? Like you're crap, you can't fight. You there's that, there's a bit of that, but it's not like on the scale I had in the mass media. Mm. I mean, I walk past the building site and I'd get like jeered at, mm. and I'd want to fight everybody because mm. I was scared. Ultimately, a scared little boy, and I proved I, I was tough by mixing with gangsters and tough guys and done all those fights and I'm like ultimately I didn't want that I just wanted to like beat the bullies mm-hmm. and that's not great and, and you can't fight everybody mm-hmm. so you, you have to learn quick I mean I did so when you get get a lot of abuse mm-hmm. and you have to you have to evolve yeah. otherwise you're gonna well do you tell me Sean you get because you you come into it a little bit older maybe it's a minuscule fraction of the people who are putting negative comments up, of all the comments. So it's all love and respect coming all yeah. day long. Yeah, yeah. But this vocal, minuscule fraction... Keyboard warrior. ...gets an, an undue amount of attention, you know, like you said. And we should be 
responding to all the love and support. I mean, we've been out, while we've been on this on the road the last week, we've been going out doing live streams in neighbourhoods, Toxteth, Liverpool, just here tonight. People are watching us, seeing where we are, and coming out and saying hello, we watch your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Got lifted the... Well, in Toxteth, to- some guy gave us a lift and everything. Yeah. So it seems to me, like, you may be known the, the fable about the two wolves. You're feeding the, the good wolf, not the bad wolf. Yes. If you feed the bad wolf, you're going to... Oh, my God, I'm so shit. But, but, you know the bad wolf is a sign of success. So we should be flattered and honoured that these people are spending all that time, even though they're saying crap about us. They're obsessed. They're spending all that time thinking about us to put these comments up and making these videos. <clears throat> in, the di- in the days of the news of the world, <laughs> right? I mean, you must remember, right? One, one, one day Beckham got it, Kerry Katona got it, Michael Barrymore got it. And I remember you used to get it. So how did you deal with it when even Elsie up the road... The old nana, who's 80, will still know who Alex Reid is, and she'll just believe because she's read the paper. It gets to the point where there's so much of it, you can't... You just, like, it goes yeah. over your head a little yeah. bit. But there's, like... It's not nice. I mean, I, I do remember going into, a, into garages, petrol stations, when I was more prolific mm. um, in the media world, in all those tacky magazines. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm in, the, in, the, in the queue to pay for... Um, my petrol and somebody's got a magazine and I'm on it and I'm like putting my hood up like this like, oh god and it's like something sensational or scandalous it's embarrassing because you're like that's, 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 that's. Mm. It's, it's not and the worst one I remember this there's certain images you, you pick out in your life mm. and it's sort of things that pop up I remember walking into a club and some girls were sniggering and laughing at me mm. and that, that hurt me I thought bitches mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like that because there was at the time there was a lot of salacious media mm-hmm. And it's just like, I felt like, because I felt insecure, mm-hmm. judge, jury, and execute before I'd even had a chance to. Yeah. Did you ever feel like sort of craw- crawling into a hole, shutting your curtains for a week, staying in bed, depressant? No. Good. I wanted to fight it, and, and I did. And it, then it, I did get depression. I, I hit drugs a lot mm-hmm. to, to escape. You know, and that's, I didn't realise, I thought I was happy. Thought I was happy, but really it was. And when I didn't do drugs, I was do. I'd do fighting. Mm-hmm. It was all escapism, mm-hmm. martial arts. You know, putting myself in the most scary position in the world. To but I mean, it's, it's your bread and butter. Stop Sean. the voices coming at you. <clears throat> but it's your bread and butter, Sean, and the drama and the beef and all that. But does it ever get too much for you? Where you think you know? No, because in the beginning you're new to it, and you get some bad comments coming in, and you freak out, and you're like, you have this emotional reaction. But then so much of it happens as a threshold, like Alex said, whereby your skin just thickens and you don't give a shit anymore. And then you realise this is actually a sign of success. But do you not worry that your skin's going to get so thick that you are so numb to any emotion? Because <laughs> I, I tell you what, because you say it that. It is thickening right in front of your eyes. You say <laughs> that. You had some real abuse recently. And I asked you. That was, was years ago. That was a couple of years ago now. There was something, there was some, not, not that long ago. Yeah, when yeah. was the last time I saw you? Six months? Yeah, six yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. And you was, there was a bit of shit going oh, on. Oh, the podcast was. And I was like, oh, and, yeah, you, yeah, and yeah. you were laughing it. And you, you were loving it. I was like, really? You missed oh. it last week. One of the guys in the podcast was announced on his Instagram. He was coming to my house to get me. I woke up with all these messages. He's on his way. So I just put a live stream up saying, I am waiting for you, but he never showed up. But to me now, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. I it's think not, you see the humorous side to it. You, you know? say I that. Do, I you do. say that, but when yeah. you've got a family, 
Yeah. And, and the scary people, I don't know how scary this person is, but it's still, it doesn't matter who it is. He was an ex-hit man who'd been shot up multiple times. It doesn't matter who they are, yeah. but that's a scary person. Was and, a scary person, and, but now I... I but you still, they, I mean, it doesn't matter if someone's psychopathic and yeah. they, they're threatening you. I tell that seriously. Mm. And I mean, I, so this is the conversation I had with you back then. So you still got to take threats like that seriously. So I don't. But I mean... Someone who's staffed enough to go online and say he's coming to my house is not a credible threat. But you'd have to, I mean, I don't know how it works with you because you're involved in the, the crime world. And not specifically, but it's your genre. That we know of. Yeah. But you, you can't be like, if someone's threatening me publicly, I've got a family. I'm not, I mean, mm. I, it's not about being a grass. Mm. You're, you're, you're threatening me publicly. What am I supposed to do? You have to go and tell the police mm. or not? No, I didn't. I just did a live stream and said, I'm waiting for you. You can tell he's a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't, if someone's yeah. going to seriously do something to you, yeah. you're going to come out of your house yeah, of in course. the morning and they're going to come up behind you and put one in your head. They're not going to announce it on Instagram. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> really? <laughs> Have you ever had a threat to your life? Yeah. More than one. Oh. Yeah. Elaborate. And how oh. did you handle that? <laughs> sensitive as I, um, I don't mind saying. Uh, recently, um gone to the police. But before, I have had favours. And then the favours cost. And you end up in a shitty position. Mm. So I, I don't advise, you know. But what did the police do? Nothing. I mean, so I'm like, I often think about, um, I'm, a, I'm so anti-violence, but I'm also, there should be like, um, you should be able to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. They can't really do anything until something Vigilantes, happens. It's like right. a catch-22, isn't it, with the police? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know. And what I know, I've been in one of 60 court hearings in the last 10 years. It's not about what you know, it's about what you can prove. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm a good guy and I've got good people around me. And I have got very good people who are very powerful as well, who know how to, to do things. But it just don't, it's so careful, you have to be so careful because you don't want to get involved in any legal or illegal mm-hmm. things. But when you're being threatened and your family's being threatened, it, it does make you think. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely I really, understand. I've had, yeah. I've had my nephews and my nieces threatened and I've thought about going like proper military style and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Then, what, they, then they've won, haven't they, if you get busted and... Oh, yeah. But when, but when you're... Well, yeah, yeah. What do you, I mean, what do you do? We, we just, uh, why am I here? Can we talk about that? Uh, what happened or not? It's... We, we, we skirt around it. Yeah, we skirt around that because it's been cancelled, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jen's, Jen's got stalkers through her internet stuff that she's been doing in recent months, haven't you, Jen? Oh, yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> No, no, I'm joking there. No, they're not stalkers. They're not turning up at my house. But you're cyber-stalking. Yeah, cyber-stalk. Phone calls. We've had numbers. You name it. Dick pics. They're the best. Please stop sending dick pics. I mean it. We just get blocked. Honestly, dick it's pics. disgusting. Like, what, like, why would a woman want to see a man's nice fucking one. penis? It's quite anyway. a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, oh, oh yeah, like I'm going to open it up and be like, hmm. Have I've I never, ever sent a dick pic. Have you never sent a dick pic? Have you ever sent a dick pic? Have you ever sent a dick pic? No, I've probably sent one to him. Oh, actually, you have. I think I have. I've sent them to Paul Venice as well. I was like... Probably have. But the thing is, what I don't understand is, you were just telling me when you got married, right, you wore a kilt and you wouldn't... Your missus made you... Oh, shit. 
Yeah, she was not because she took the cats out of the bag now. No, yeah. she, no, she sent me she a dick knew, pic. She knew people had been pulling my thingy, but uh, of course. Do you know what? Like Alan Thompson, uh, like some of my close friends, I'll ring up and just sit on the toilet. Like, I feel, but do you know what? If that got out, I'd be dead. Some of the stuff. It's love that. You do what on the toilet? No, I have my phone, Alan Thompson, or Paul Venice, or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Jen's like that, call me back right now, I'm like, I'm taking a piss. She's like, call me, I'm taking a shit, call me right now. No, I'll message him, I'll be like, you need to ring me right now, he's like, I'm having a shit, is what I'll get back. Is it a piss? Still call me right now. I'll have to turn the water on so she can't even hear my bomb drop. What is the problem? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I bring my girlfriends while I'm I'm in wee. I think that's Yeah, it's really normal. If I'm halfway through a conversation I need a wee, I'll quickly go and I'll still be on the phone. Well I'm I'm doing YouTube and zooms. (laughs) (laughs) The camera goes off. (laughs) And then you hear the (sighs) Are you on a toilet? No. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Can How we, do we can get we delete? I forgot this is a camera. Here. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. It was Jamie brought the toilet up. Got no, it, it is, but you know, it's it's like because uh, I'm familiar with people. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't just do it straight away. You're not, not, you're not, not like on the phone to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've been talking for eighteen months, so do you know what I mean? Like, kind of. But um, no, do you know what? I remember when I when I knew of him before I didn't know, and I used to read all the things and think. I've Googled some of the stuff and think, do you know what? It's different with YouTube stuff, but what is it like when everyone in Great Britain has read the news of the world and everyone's got an opinion? Because that's another level. I think millions of people. That's what Alex went through. Yeah? Yeah. You know, you think of some of the stuff like Harry Satorna's went Surreal. through and all this. And it must... You get worried for a bit <laughs> and then you, 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 you have to adapt. I think, what, I'm like, what am I? I'm 46 years young, so that was, was 35, 34 it was a long time ago. You look at your Cavalan flax. Is that when it kicked off for you when you were sort of in your mid thirties? Then mm-hmm. what? What kicked off? The degree of that. That, that celebrity dumb. Yeah. Mm. yeah it was, uh, I think the first picture was. I, call it, I always said. I've, I said on your show when we did it. Um, I call it the. It's like being on LSD. I wasn't taking LSD. Mm. I have taken LSD, so I know what that's like. It's but it's a fan out, drug. Out of this world, you're like you can't. You spin a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Does it does it get addictive when you because you're a mixing of all these different people you're quite close to Jordy Marsh and all these kind of different people and is is it does it get addictive like to the cameras everywhere you go and then yeah yeah what was it like the first time you came across paparazzi I mean he won Big Brother right he was forty to one to win it didn't know who was didn't know what paparazzi Could he was. himself did you not yeah. Yeah. I was like oh this is this is fun look I'm important. Yeah. Like all them yeah, look at them. Look at them. Yeah, and there's after a while. Look at me. I'm. Were you like posing? <laughs> no, no, no. If you're trying to like try and be cool, we're looking. I'm trying to be cool. Mm. Blue still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you start. I mean, I started to really look. I'm. I'm I get told off by my missus all the time because mm. I'm scruffy and I'll be in my ASOS tracksuit mm. for the rest of the week. You know. But did you ever I'd get to the to, point? I'd be in really smart clothes all the time now. Yeah. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Did you get the point, right, where you thought, hang on a minute, this is good, and then all of a sudden you thought, shit, life was better when no one knew who you were? Life was easier? No. So you preferred being the famous guy? Um, I didn't, I was so, it was like... Uh, it being, that important, I bet? It was being, I was off my face. Mm. I don't know, there wasn't a taking drugs, it was... How can you not be off your face? Because we, we were in London. I, and I, I mean, I, I, I describe it to being literally high because life is so surreal you can't comprehend you're on all the newspapers mm-hmm. you're on television you walk everyone knows you it, it is the weirdest sensation it's kind of and part of me part of my ego misses that a little bit but also it actually loves the anonymity mm. anonymity yeah. is that anonymity? We, we were we were walking up um was yeah, it it's Pen- like beautiful Pentonville road or something and these two girls come up and they went, where do I know you from? Where do I know you from? Pointing the way. <laughs> he went, because I'm sexy. <laughs> but no, but, but they were like, they knew they knew him from somewhere. They were like, hang on a minute, you're famous, you are. They weren't asked about me. But then when we got to the pub, these people knew Paul Sykes were, and they went, you're the author, do you remember? But even when we got to the pub, everyone knew he was, and it's like, how would you deal with that? And, like, you know, listen, people knew who you are, but everyone knew he was. 15. I'm not that famous. I mean, 2009, 2010, infamous, when I'd you were getting married, when you were winning Big Brother. Yeah, then, yeah, then. Yeah, everyone had an opinion of you, and it's yeah. you know. So what I've tried to do purposely now, that was then. This is now. We'll talk about a lot mm-hmm. about the past. Mm. I'll like yeah. talk about now and what's going on. The future is I have been diligently working to, away from celebrity. I'm not mm-hmm. anti-celebrity, mm. but it's been very negative for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I believe in myself and what, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Mm. That's what I'm working on now and I'm working in my acting and uh, my charity work. Mm. I'm very positive about doing a lot of different things there. What about you guys? What, what we want to do when we grow up. <laughs> what are you going to be when you're an adult? Can oh, you see God. you doing this forever, Sean? I don't know because I've gone from various things that are like way different from previous stock market Exit trafficking, author, YouTube. I have dramatic shifts that come unexpectedly. What's, what's your goals? <laughs> My goals? I don't have goals anymore because when I was 20, it was like, I've got to be a millionaire by age 30. Got to do all this in the stock market and everything. Just wake up now and smile at the squirrels and throw them some monkey nuts and get on with the day and see what comes. But I'm just loving life. Living now. I'm happier now than I've ever been. You are happy. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jen? Because I'm your co-host. Totally, totally. (laughs) What about you, Jen? I haven't thought that. I mean, I've got my company, and that's always my baby. What's your company? 
Bremerton clothing. Bremerton organic clothing. And I like the clothes. I like. Thank I, you. I'm not wearing any now, but you have to bring a hoodie next time. <laughs> um, but no, I don't know. I'm enjoying podcasting. Hmm. What, it's exciting. When you were a little girl, I wanted to be an air hostess. That was a dream, and then I, I never did anything towards that. I've done so many different jobs, so. Yeah, eclectic mix. So why are you doing this now? I don't know. You asked me, didn't you? It's fun. <laughs> he asked me and I was like, mm, yeah, I think I could do that. I thought I'd give it a go. You I kind of got to the age um, where I thought, you know, give it a go, I'll never know. Single for, yeah, I've got the time to Single. do it. Single? Oh, well, because that... that because you've got when you're in a relationship, energy. you know, when I mean, we're away, been away seven... Tongue. Jealous of this hunk, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but like, I've been away seven days now, so and it's gonna go yeah. tonight. And you couldn't do that if you were of in course. a full boom. Well, you, you might be able to, but it might not go down too well. Why so. did you choose Jen to fill wild man's shoes? There was nobody like with that charisma and who's that wild man with. You never got to meet him. He was. Um, I, I know. I know. Oh, who he's is just doing it. For, he's playing for the cameras. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know no. what? Because you were talking like earlier on about Lee Duffy. There's a lot of my people who watch this. Like, hey, what? Hey. Do you know do what? You... When you when you Google my name, what comes up is Wildman, and the reason is because we spoke about really? the books. And I've had so many people message me saying, "Oh no, I can't believe what." But, but did you get did you get enough footage? Did you get enough material? But that will just be a case of your family. Do you know what, Wildman, he's, um, he was a total one-off, wasn't he? And a lot of people seen him at the end, this huge guy. But he wasn't always like that when he was as crazy. And the clues in the name, he was literally barking, where he would just go missing in America for but days. But who is he? Who is he? It was Sean's kind of childhood friend. But um, he would and just... And what did he become? Um, he, he got into a... Go on, Sean. It's Sean's life. childhood friend. <laughs> Sean, who is Wildman? We became... Crime partners, let's put it that way. And is he, he a gangster? He opened, he opened the door into that world for me. So I was the brains and the money, and he was the brawn. And Were you scared? When you're on crystal meth, GHB, Xanax, ketamine, and all these other drugs, you have false bravado. Did that, so did so you... if, if I wasn't on all those drugs, I would have been scared. But with him and being on them, it was like, just an adventure. Did you think you were a badass? Did you think like you were powerful? My ego went as big as the Grand Canyon, but I was aware I didn't have the physicality to do what he was capable of doing. Did you have like, I mean, was he your only like backup? So he was like the the brawn, you were the brains. So he opened the door into organisations that had our back. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I I know you asked us, we've had a little bit of a talk, but I still find it interesting because I know you, I wouldn't mix around you if you weren't a nice person intrinsically yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a nice person you. and you like attracts like and I've been mixed in some scary positions and I'm like oh how the hell did I get out of that alive why am I here what this isn't what I'm about yeah and that was, that was a long time ago people tried to drag you into that because you, you know were, because you were a fighter I know the stories and you had the good grace to think hang on a minute no this is not for me because people saw him as this MMA guy the London underworld figure we could use him and he knew a lot of them figures but you had the the the, the sense to not well I, I did i was involved with them for do a people bit. ever think because you're so nice because you are a nice guy yeah. that you're a bit gullible oh of course they do <clears throat> they do yeah i mean i've had that so much of that mm. and i have been i have been 
Mm-hmm. I've done the most stupid things. I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. Yeah. It's the only way to learn, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've certainly had... and I, I sometimes crave for boredom. How would it be like to have a boring... Like, just, please, can I just not have anything happen for a while? Mm. Yeah. Do you find it's calmed down now? Yeah, it's different now for me. You've got, obviously, you're now I'm a dad. I've been a dad for a long time. It's, um, uh, but I'm a, a dad again recently, and she's and I'm we're going again. So it's a whole new life. It's, I think your life's changed mm. more in the last twenty in the last twelve months than it has ever. Yeah, from yeah. where you've been. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, what I mean, I, I mean it's like we, there was a there was an article in OK yeah, last it. week, and it was like I I was like what the it, on the article, it says Alex Reed could potentially have quadruplets. Quads. I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> That's come out of fresh air. I was like, I was like, where does that come from? And it's actually, it's, that is potentially truth. I was like, because we're putting in two, we've got two embryos in the freezer. We're going, we're doing IVF. Me and my partner Nicola, and um, they could, they're very highly high likely in IVF to split. Mm-hmm. more than any other. So I mean, four. I just want one. <laughs> I, I've already got one. Oh, I've got two. I've got a lovely little girl called But Dolly. I think from now on, your future is... You've learned your lessons with the things that you've been involved with. And now, as Alex has taught me quite a bit, he said, books, becoming an actor, not... Becoming? No, sorry, yeah, 2019 was yeah. a bloody great year. But, but there's a lot of things you were dragged in that you wouldn't allow yourself now. Uh, yeah. You know. But he knows about being in depression and being with drugs, certain other things and... Like I said, I, I can I I've had my crap shot. You get it, but I could not imagine. Right, I'm only kind of well known in in Teesside and the books and maybe Wakefield, but I couldn't imagine waking up, being on the front of the news of the world like he has and and Michael Barrymore and all them kind of and you just there's nowhere in the world you could go because everyone would oh God, and it's you know I know I was used to talk to um, Colin Hart who's a writer for the Sun and I know the levels what them what they're sold and. Uh, Everyone, you go at the top of Inverness, someone would know you or know of him and have this opinion, oh, it's him. Do you know what I mean? And, and he's had that since 2009 when I first seen him come, a, come along, tanned, stripped. The fair, if you Google him, that's it, you know, and he's... Jamie, I'm just uh, to cut you off there. These are all your books. All your, all your, all your books you've made. I can yeah. see Sean's hard time there. <laughs> yeah, I've done um, on Amazon. So people, how many books you done? Twenty, but I've got, I've got another. T- so I've got Jack the Ripper finished this month, and I've got um, Hartlepool Born and Bred two yet to come out. I've got the police figure who's been on your show. We're not going to name. So there's, so I've got three not finished, and I'm doing Michael Showers. To be honest, though, Nick the, Manners. The, and you this one. To be honest, though, the yeah. thing, the yeah. thing that was this one, a jolly boy. Yeah. He's been on Sean's show, actually. Yeah. One of the this is what Arnold Thompson. So from humble beginnings at Wool's End Boys Club and near Paralys in a car accident early in his career to scoring a winning goal at Celtic Park against the mighty Barcelona. A Geordie Boy is the story of a true Glasgow Celtic Bolton Wanderers icon. So for all the football fans. Yeah. See, I'm not a football fan and I'm not, um, funny enough, a mm. true crime fan. So that's why initially I was... Get out! I was put off. <laughs> I generally was put, But I like you and I'm like, so look, this is why I said, And I, that... that it's inspired me, you know. But do you know what? Tyson Fury, it's like... In that book, if anyone... It's The Furious Method. He talks about <clears throat> fighting life and getting up and going to the shops and not letting people out there 
on social media, it's kind of like, it's a book on every aspect of life. And uh, I thought, you know what? He, he read it in Pentonville, Pentonville Prison, which is where Oscar Wilde was. And obviously, and I said, Alex, George there Michael. you go. There's your... George was, Michael. Was he really? Mm. Right. I go for um, it, and it's been a lot of Yeah, but people. Oscar Wilde's the most famous one. And uh, so there I, you go. You loved Wham. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's his calling card. <laughs> How could you say that? Do you know what? There's, and it's like... Wham. I was a bit young for that. You know, that's that's and I I see a lot of this. So don't talk to me about Oscar Wilde and say that he's more famous than George Michael. <laughs> he is. He's your king. Oscar Wilde's no, got he's pictures not. up there. No, no, George no. Michael's over You're there, but Oscar Wilde's giving over it a there. little bit of... I can't even say that. I was going to say gayness around the house. Yeah. But, um, you can't say that. But I don't, yeah. well, I, t- I shouldn't say that. You, you, you walk around um, camply. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you I, actually... I wear the waist nighties. Who's more camp? <laughs> He said he wears his wife's 90s. Just, just and you're asking who's more camp. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. Do, do you know what? But, <laughs> seriously, Alex is kind of... You, your plan is... You've, you've done the things of that and you now want to kind of... You know, you want to be famous for the right, right reasons, really, don't you? Where it's going to bring your career and parts and films and movies and documentaries. So this podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Harry's is way more than a super sharp razor company. They're here to revamp your whole routine from close shaves and flake free hair all the way to clear healthy skin. Harry's helps guys feel great. For this sponsorship, Harry's is offering a free travel sized shower gel with a trial set to you, the viewers, to give you a chance to try their other products as well as shave. Please make sure to support this podcast and give your own shower shave a go by redeeming a free Harry's trial set. All you cover is £3.95 for delivery. Just head to harrys.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N, to have your set delivered and start a shave plan. Your freebie will be added at checkout. That's harrys.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting Harry's. Link is in the description box below this video. What In what respect? What do you Feeling want a bit down. Do you? Having a bit bad Do day. you really feel down? No. So no, so there you go. <laughs> Great. Just I'm having a bad day. I've got up, wrong side of the bed, um, just feeling a bit... Well, everybody has a bad day. No, but it's a really bad day. Everyone has really bad days. So what advice would you give them? Um, what, 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 what's the question? Because that's too, everyone has a bad day. OK, um, so is it, I guess, genre? Um, I'm feeling depressed at the moment and I don't want to get out of bed. Right. right what's your purpose? Have you got, do you know what your key purpose in life is? Have you got goals? No. I'm lost. There you go. I already asked you this. This is the one thing I asked. So Absolutely like, lost. You need to so know. what was your advice? You need to have purpose. What's your key? So what, what would you advise? Your go, key, go write a dream board or? That could help. Yeah. What's your key motivational things in life? What, what gets you 
fired up? What do you what, enjoy we, doing? Are you still acting or... What's, or no, 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 I'm not acting oh. at all. I'm deadly serious. What okay. is your... What's your... Um, what your... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Get up and go, I guess. No, what's your... Thing in life that makes you happy. No. Core values. Core values. What are your core values? Loyal. That's about it, really. <laughs> no, you need to um, think about it. Look, you're looking at core values. No, no, it's not. It's not. Think about what your core values are. What makes you generally? What makes you angry? Jen's a perfectionist. And, yeah. Yeah, but but and then really going into it, break it down. Like Ooh. that guy was a bit of an asshole. That that really upset me. How, Oh, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, but if something really matters... Rejection. Don't yeah, like that. Yeah, but... And what are you... But what do you... What's made you be a good person or to do something? To, what makes you get up? What's your core value? I need to do that. It's not a question, I want to do that. Sometimes in life, you do the things that you have to do. Because I don't... I like don't you. need to do it. You... Oh, whatever. Mm. I, I'd like, like to guitar. play the guitar. No, I have to play the mm-hmm. guitar. That's that's what your core value is. Find out what that is. When you find that out, then you can find out what your um, I mean, I think purpose is. With Alex, he's had a lot of experience in training, so that causes natural endorphine. So there's lots of the diet makes you feel better. So for what and obviously well, you know about training because you you it's your new drug, isn't it? And to be honest, and you it's yeah. always been my drug training. Yes, since yeah. especially yeah. since I stopped but the drugs. But he drugs, he yeah. would know better than most what it's like. When everyone in the country hates you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's, you know. Because listen, we've yeah. spoken. You've, you've. This has been in the paper, and you can't get out of bed, and you thought, "Oh my god, everyone hates me." That must take some getting back up, and it's all because it everyone has a false opinion of you. It does. It's like What's I. Your, sorry. I, I just to finish off on that. I my last professional fight was in Bellator, which is a big show. I shouldn't have. I retired two years. It's like the one under the UFC. For at the O2 Arena, and I, the reason why I did that was to show everybody the real me, the real Alex Reed. And it was like, right, I'm really positive, I'm great, I'm going to go out with a bang. And I, the press absolutely destroyed me. Did they? And I was defeated before I even got into that cage. And you lost? Uh, I lost on decision, yeah. I, you know, but I, I, incidentally, just I got, I got stopped by security out of the arena when I was supposed to be fighting, I was calling my name to fight in the arena. I was having a fight with security guards. Mm. I was having had a fight for five minutes. I'm on the fucking ground. Mm. That's my name. Oh, hold on a minute. And they rushed me in. I was yeah. so angry. And I was like, yeah, anyway, I lost. I was going to ask what your core values and purpose is. I feel, because a lot of people helped me when I got out of prison. And I was at a low. That was my low when I got out of prison. On the dole, at my parents' house, depressed. Can't get a job, criminal record. Dole's telling me to lie to the prospective employees and tell them I don't have a criminal record and all the mental health team are on my case trying to section me and um, a lot of people helped me get my life back on track and now we've built this platform up and it's my responsibility for other guys who've been in prison to get their stories out help them get back on track it's cathartic telling your story mm-hmm. plus we've got this platform whereby they come on now and all kinds of opportunities open up for them mm-hmm. yeah so you you, de- you you reach out to people as well and all that and constantly. I mean, yeah. No one sees this part of Sean Atwood, do they? What part do they see? My hurry back. No, <laughs> but it, they don't see that part of. You know, it's like 
the sensitive side. Yeah, yeah. And it's also the do. The, the, I mean, I, the good. loads of my books support registered charity, <clears throat> but I get judged because I write about bad guys. It might support the Bradley Lowry Foundation and all these kind of Frankie Lee Boo fund, Vienna's Voice, but uh, the bad guys. So oh, how can you do it? And, and you know, and it's like, listen, it's not my fault. I was I wasn't even alive when he did. Well, it's part of social history, but people have that opinion of you and people have the opinion of you. But hang on a minute, Deshaun doesn't actually... So you do more than what just the camera sees? Well, Jen comes to the school, talks with me, and she's mm. seen the reaction. Yeah. I mean, we were just at one last week, weren't we? Really positive. So, good, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so it's all that. It's restoring my karma. I harm society by importing drugs into America mm. and doing yoga. I'm restoring my karma by... Do you still feel guilty preven- about that? Preventing people. I feel guilty for the harm I caused society and also the harm I caused my loved ones, especially my yeah. mum. And, you know, these, yeah. my mum had a nervous breakdown of my situation. She oh. flew 5,000 miles to visit me in jail. Oh, and she's outdoors waiting to get in, in the, the desert for hours on end, sniffer dogs, searches, you know, what they like out there, and the cowboy prison guards. And um, you go out to the visit and your mum's sat there hunched over a table and she's thinking, oh, and you see the effect, you know, you've, you've what, got, you, yes. what you've done to your own mum. Mm. Mm. Not good. Mm. So what about yours? What do you mean? Core values and purpose. Um, do, do you know what? I've probably been... Well, I, I, I've... It's really quite interesting, this. <clears throat> do you know what? I've done 19 books. And might you find your happiness? In four years to the same week. And you'll get up and get your... And um, I've been in the middle of paper like 15 times in four and a half years. So people are like, oh, I can't stand him and all that. But my my goal in life is to be... To put the Amazon rainforest in danger. I want to write that many books. (laughs) I'm going to pollute Great Britain. And my fat face will be... I get so many trolls now. But do you know what? It's like and the, the ludicrous made-up stuff that gets said about me. Where now I'm only learned, certainly last year, because my anxiety was so bad. And um, I'm only learning now to think, oh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You're in the limelight. He's going to say this. He's going to say that. But I didn't at first. And Look how much time they're spending obsessing on you. <clears throat> do, do you know something? Do you it's like they, they actually love you in a warped way. Do you know what? Seriously. Right? Be, you know, there's other things they yeah. could be doing, you, you, like you, important you, things. Yeah. You, you guys do what you do. You get paid. Essentially, it's a career. True Geordie, there's other podcasts. But there's, there's people out there, Sean, they've got no job. But they're just YouTubers, 24 hours of them. And it's like there was about five different accounts last night. This guy blocking me to tell me I'm having... It's alleged to have sex with Jack Russell's. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like he's probably sleeping on his mother's sofa, and he yeah. wakes up with popcorn in his ass crack in the morning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like you can't like get concerned about that well, level of people. Yeah, but I did at first, but but now, but my aim is to be like I've had times in my life, Sean. I've had addictions. Uh, Twenty years ago, crack cocaine addict. Couple crack, of years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple of years ago, broke my arm, got addicted to cocodinal, codeine. So now... Heroin never? No, no, I'm addicted. And if I was, I wouldn't be saying, yeah, and camera would Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? Now my addiction now is work. It's to deal with nice people like yourself, Paul Suggett, Rob Brenton, people like him. That's my addiction. And that's it, isn't it? So, so I don't go out love is fighting in nightclubs and not... being in prison. Like, are you... Like, just stupid nonsense when I was young and immature with a chip on my shoulder. My addictions is... What are you going to be Making people grow? happy. I'm going to have, um, the end of this year, I'm going to have 26 books out. And my plan is to do 100 books. 
Wow, brilliant. Um, you set yourself a... That's what my plan is. I'm 41 hey, now. So I you plan on to, doing... You need to break a little bit. I mean, like... No, well, that's... that's you, 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 you need to do it. You can't... You just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why haven't um, you done that, though? Then what? You've done it. Probably... Then what? Get into cross-dressing or swinging or dogging or something. There's always advice in life that you've always got to do with, and you're seriously... My advice at the minute is... Is work, 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 work. And anyone who follows me on social media, they'll see me five and I don't sleep. And then if I have five hours sleep, I'm up again and I'm, so, I'm hyperactive. But that makes you happy, yeah? It does. This is what it does. I, I want to be. Does it? Yeah, it does. I, I, honestly. You're quite stressed. Do you want a massage? Or no, Alex? no, I'm not. I have a lot to do this weekend. But, but you know what? <laughs> do you get stressed though? I mean, you're, you're quite highly um, strong. Because you're always like, I know you're hungry to do it all. Yeah. Well, you've done it all, right? Now now what? But, you can relax? Now what? But, you're going to do another 100 books? Do, do you know what? When people get in touch with me and I think, Jesus, how do I know you even know who I am? But like, uh, Ricky Gervais bought the Sykes books, Jamie Carragher, uh, Robbie Williams, mental some people who bought my books, and I'd be Tyson Fury. Um, and it's, it's like, how do you even... And then, do you know what? I think, yeah, I want to... And it's, it's just a goal. It's just a thing. Do you know what? I want to have blue plaques where I live. Yes, to come when I'm dead. Do you know what I mean? When you're dead. Okay. Well, I hope no one grasses me up when I die. <laughs> I find it how interesting. You, sorry, how old were you when you started writing? Uh, so I released my first book five years last week. So uh, I was 36. 20 books, congratulations. And uh, <clears throat> do you know what's hard to do a book show? You know yourself. To, to have a book... And then you've got to, you know, you have to find a, a, a subjective interest. <clears throat> like Kevin Costner said, if you build it, they will come. And then, so I've done it. Listen, I, I know I'm not a Alex Reid or a Sean. I've never had internet. But what I've done, Paul Sykes, Lee Duffy, Dominic Negus, Roy Shaw. I find these subjects that people probably would never have wanted to dream about writing. Take all the shit, yeah. But I find these subjects that people find fascinating. And, um... You know, I got involved by just watching Paul Sykes at large ten years ago, and I spent three years obsessing over the documentary. And I went, you know what, I'm going to do that. So I walked in the city of Wakefield, walked into the documentary, walked into the best-selling book what Paul Sykes did, met all the characters, um, and, and and it just brought me a career. And I've met all these kinds of different people. Hence the reason people like that. So I went on a journey <clears throat> these last couple of years where I've, I've sat and meet, met people like Martin O'Neill, my absolute hero. And I've never ever got, like, look at that, look at that. Martin O'Neill phoning me. I'd be proper starstruck, do you know what I mean? And like, but yeah, it's, it's just, I've just become an accidental author, uh, but I've, I've become addicted to work. So, you know, that's how. I think That's the question. What makes me happy. I think the question I'm really asking is when we like when we're on our deathbed, mm. or when we're we're dead, mm. and we're whatever you believe in. If you if you can indulge me, you're passing and you're looking back on your life and you're going to the next life. You're like, what was my life all about? Mm. Was, I, down, was, I, was I wait wait was I was I truly happy? Did I learn? All I was was rushing to create this goal. Once I got the goal, then what? I don't know. I'd look down and say, he's reading my book, Bootlegged Him. He hasn't paid for that. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else in my life, literally, than books, 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 books. What about um, your kid and your mum? Yeah, your, 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 your you know what? That sounds really terrible, but sometimes I'm that busy 
I don't even have time for my wife and my son. But you know what? It's in years to come when I'm building this empire and I'm working seven days a week and work on it. You know, last year I had four books at once. So I don't go out drinking now. I don't. So that's my. That's what I do, and I'm not. I'm not that's hurting anyone. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm really intrigued because you seem like you're happy. Because mm-hmm. you're you're like do what I want to do. That's it, isn't it? Do you, you don't need to do it, do you? I used to, do, have to get you, up. Have you got like? Are you driven to have to do something if you don't do it? What's, what, what's my nickname? The robot. He's under my phone as robot Atwood because he's the robot. He don't stop. Yeah. Yeah, but but so you are driven. Yeah. You got ah ah. So what happens if the mission changes? So if Sean dies tomorrow, in his will and testament, the YouTube channel goes to me. <laughs> so no, guys, guys, this is what I'm asking. What I'm thinking about. I think about this a lot. I'm getting a bit deep here. Well, there's some serious shit going on in the world. Um, and if it was, if we were in Ukraine now, um, and yeah, we're all really wealthy. We've achieved everything we want. And all of a sudden, it's all lost. It's all gone. Then what? We'll start again. Mm-hmm. So, you, I mean, any time, at any moment in this universe, go, go upside down. 100%. So, that, and then what? I mean, what are you going to be if, you, if all of your books go? I mean, you know, you've done it. You've got that self worth. Self worth is something great. You feel good about yourself, but all of a sudden, the actual physical things that you've created. Gone. Disappeared. I think what Jamie missed out, what he has created is friendships and bonds. And you've got all this hate in the world, but actually that basis is love. Hmm. But, uh, do you know what? I was interviewing somebody the week for a London book, Jack the Ripper, and he said to me, and it stuck on my head, he said, do you know what? He said, I could get stressed out about Russians and all. I said, but what can I do about it? And that's, he said, well, do you know what I do? I just deal with life and roll with the punches. And if you can't change nothing, then what's the point in being so stressed? Do you know what Paul uh, Venice yeah. says? Yeah. Um, he says, do you know what, Jamie? If you turn the news off, Russians not happening. And I, I get it. I totally get it. But if that will lower your mood, Morrissey says it all the time, if the news lower you, then isn't it better to just not watch it and but do the usher's trick? Through COVID, my ex was watching Sky News. We'd get up in the morning at nine o'clock and it would be on in the background all day till we started having our... Like seven o'clock mm. at night. And I started feeling fucking depressed, watching all, all the shit go down, what's going on in the world, and it was back-to-back Sky News. And one day I woke up and I said, we're not fucking putting it on the TV today because it was affecting me. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I was feeling really fucking depressed. And then once we stopped watching it, listen to a bit of music, yeah. you find your mood automatically yeah. lifts. So, I don't know, maybe people should take an approach like that. Jamie is not saying any of this to the camera. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But behind the scenes, he's working very hard. People who've never got the stories out before, people who've never been heard of. He's raising their profile. He's putting books out about them. And this is changing their lives. This is taking them from Social negative support, activity yeah. into positive, constructive activity. And they're able to make careers because you've created a brand for them. Like Nick Manners today. And, and he's creating brilliant friendships with these people. Mm-hmm. And that's love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's what you're going to look back on, yeah. I reckon. Not, I wrote all these books. Yeah, yeah, you're going to yeah. say, look, I've got a family. I've built all these brilliant relationships. I've helped people change their lives. Mm-hmm. And karmically, that's going to be right in your heart. Do you know what? The Alan Thompson book, right? I've paid for an evening with John, with John Artson and all these kind of different things. So when I sat with Alan Thompson for 20 hours, I used... This is serious, right? I used to have Alan Thompson posters on my bedroom. I, I watched him and was probably shouting at him. And, like, and it's like, he's now what? Alan, if you're watching, he's, walking, he's at a palm or he's walking around my house naked. And I'm thinking, I used to love him. But do you know what? It's like... Listen, it's not always, it doesn't, it doesn't always end in a happy ending. You know, there's loads of people where I've met and thought, oh, never meet your heroes. And I wish I never knew that about you and all that. And, do you know? I was just saying that about someone I met. Who, yeah. Who, who, uh, I'm not going to say. He's mm. rather famous and a, quite a big sportsman. Yeah. And I was very disappointed. Yeah. And I had to think, hang on, I must forgive him because that could have been. Yeah. You, you have this, you build someone up in your mind mm-hmm. and then they're not. They don't perform to what your expectation you built up in their mind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not their fault. It's mm-hmm. just you building mm-hmm. it up. I'm yeah. like, oh, he's a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. But it is, it's... And you know, you, you, as you get a bit older and you look at it, you think, oh, well, actually, maybe he's not. I know the feeling. When I um, obviously was watching Sean on his YouTube channel, I thought, what a lovely guy. And then when I met him, I thought, what a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alex, the work Alex does with young people, yeah. that he doesn't, you know... Not saying to the camera, but behind, behind the scenes, yeah. I'm just doing a book now, and the, the 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 residents of Whitechapel, right? If you walk around Brick Lane, Whitechapel, you've got Jack the Clipper Barbers, uh, born in blood was the motto. You've got Jack the Chipper Chip Shop, right? So the residents in Whitechapel are fuming. They're sick of these Jack the Ripper <clears throat> tourist people making their area and all these people. But do you know what? It's the same time, um, Birmingham, Peaky Blinders. Birmingham revels in this part of the social history. But if you go down Whitechapel and then Bethnal Green and the Crays and all this, the community doesn't buy into it. You know, I've spent a lot of time in London the last couple of years and, you know, when you meet the, the people in the, the Bethnal Green Workermen's Club, they despise, the, you know, but because it's cool and Tom Hardy plays him and, you know, and it's a kind of socially accepted um, <clears throat> Jack the Ripper, you can get away with it because it's 134 years ago. But when I went to Wakefield or Teesar to do the Duffy books, I'm Beelzebub. <laughs> I am the demon. I am probably, do you know what I mean? But it's, you know, a lot of people will buy the books and be interested in it, but they won't see it. It's okay, do you know what I mean? Because, but it's it's human nature, isn't it? It's true crime cells. Would you say your families and friends are proud of you? Uh, do you know I what? To each of you. When, when I have like proper breakdowns, like the wife says, Jamie, just go get a job in wherever, stack and shell, like I used to. 
And uh, he says, this is, this is uh, the fame. Uh, the, the, the people are aware of you that you don't know them and they have an opinion of you. So everyone in Middlesbrough has this opinion of me and, you know, certain people make lies upon me and oh, well, it must be true. Uh, you know, Winston Churchill said, you'll never reach your destination if you if you stop and bark at every dog that barks. Uh, so what what I've learned in the last year is in every action is a reaction. So if I'm doing books on all these bad people who are nice, Jack the Ripper, you know, he's, he's not, he's, thankfully he's dead, so he's not going to sue me. But um, do you know what? It's like all these people quite recently, what I've done, and I get it, I've met people who've had teeth missing from Lee Duffy. I've met people who've been victims of Paul Sack. Loads of people. So I get it. I to- to- totally get it. I'm not glamorising it, but, you know, I've been asked to do, like, sell mugs and T-shirts, and I've been like, no, no, no. I do books. I do documentaries because it's educational, but I'm not in... Uh, I've been asked to do Lee Duffy T-shirts and that, and I was like, no chance. Do you know what I mean? When people have went on to do them. So it's not for me, but I'm just a bit of a history geek. So I can buy into all the uh, Whitechapel and John Merrick was here and the craze and Jack Spot Comer and all this and so much history in, in Whitechapel and that and I'd rather you know I'd rather learn something than glamorise people. But um, like Nick Manners, the interview you done it today again. He was just such a spiritual <laughs> warrior and it, well, he's a, got a nice story and happy ending in the end. There was a yeah. kid there that he was training when we walked in and another kid came in as we were leaving, wasn't? And you could yeah. see. Yeah. Like how he was transforming these kids' lives. Yeah. That's what it's all about, isn't it? If you're just raising everyone around you instead of focusing on the bullshit, yeah, the yeah. trolls and all do, that. Do you know what? Energy. Nick Manners, um, fair play, he's used boxing as a vehicle, and um, he's using it to change his life. And it, it changes his life. Yes, he didn't win, uh, although he won a title. You know, he didn't get massive fame in boxing. Before Joe Calzaghe, greatest ever. Um, but, you know, if boxing done good for him today, he's still helping kids. He's part of the Josh Warrington team. And um, that, for Nick Manners, he is a success story. Yeah. Just as much as all these people winning British titles because he walked away from boxing. Boxing's an unforgiving sport as well. You know, if you stick around one fight too many, your faculties will be punched to bits. And, you know, and but you know what? He's not one of them people. And I've done the books on him. Where they're beating 10 people up on every page and you're just like, you know, I've interviewed people here in the past and I thought, give, when they've gone, I've got my head fucking busting with you. Absolute narcissistic assholes. Where Nick is, there's a story behind it. There will be with his, with like, listen, I've done this, Sam. No, it's not clever. Learn from my mistakes. Paul Venice is a, is a massive, massive inspiration to people out there because, <clears throat> do you know what? He, he, he did do the bad things. But he, he, he managed, by the grace of God, to, to hang and not, you know, and he's turned his life around and he's making a difference. Yeah, Nick Manners was, went through some brutal things, but you can see how at peace he is with himself now. Yeah. And you can see that's from just the work he's doing. The well, years ago, mission. you wouldn't have met that nice Nick Manners. He yeah. was, uh, you know, to knock Paul Sykes out is, I mean, that just... Oh, that story was amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that, you know... There's Sykes there, Jen, behind you. That, imagine him coming at... <laughs> Nick Manners looking like that, six and a half foot tall. Six, three and a half. Six, three. This, this, six this guy eight. was the scariest thing in in, in Northern England. Um, films, documentaries going up on him, and, and you know, this. I mean, you've seen the documentary. So when Nick done that, that was only two years after. 
obviously Sykes declined and he slept rough and but this was not far off when he was probably at his most scariest and um, you know Nick's told you the story but he, he only reacted like that because he was pushed into a corner in his fight or flight and obviously he knocked Paul Sykes out and then thought shit I've just knocked him out what's going to happen when he wakes up so then that's what he's you know and it's it's like He's going to, you know, this is not a normal person. It's, it's he Paul said he Sykes. put him under the, under the uh, yeah. shower, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Jen's only just heard about Sykes. If you want to watch your documentary. What, what, what's, oh. your, what's your um, craziest Sykesy story for Jen? <clears throat> well, do you know what? Oh, I've got loads. Um, was it the well, love of a dog? Something like a dog. Well, one story, and it was, it was not far off from the documentary. So the police, Wakefield police got a phone call. And said, look, can you come out? Paul Sykes is in my house. And then, what's he doing? So she's run out, frantic, saying, look, come quickly. <clears throat> so Paul, and she's talking to him and she's like, look, so what's he doing? He's like, well, he's sat down and he's eating my husband's tea. And then, what's your husband doing? Just sat looking at him. So the, this is this Paul Sykes. He's like, he's like a, a, a caveman. And Neanderthal just discovered fire. Walking in this house... And just sit down eating the tea. So you're not going to... Hang on a minute. You're not going to... This is this, this is the most dangerous, unpredictable man in the 70s and the 80s. He was hell on wheels. And um, and he just basically walked in his house and said, yeah, I'm going to eat your husband's tea. And then, and then and that was that. And the police, you know, but they used to do things like that all the time. Well, just walk in and help himself to the people's yeah. dinner. <clears throat> he got yeah. nine months once. And uh, the reason being was he walked into this woman's house, and uh, and she was she was she was um, a probation office, uh, and the charge was um, burgling or breaking an entrance. But he walked into the house and went, "You can fucking tear that thing off." Didn't know her, so he just walked into this house where the woman was hoovering, and he. And he saw him. So he walk, He would randomly just walk into these people's houses. And just turn a heaver off, help himself to feed. Do you know, there's another story that, um, do you know, I mean, Paul's sister, she, um, we were going to do the book and she, you know, it just, it, just, it just basically got too much for her. Bad memories. And I put, look, fine, I understand. And, um, you know, I, I deleted all the pictures, what she'd give me. Um, but so she, she, Paul used to just walk in people's houses. So Paul's niece, who was Paul's sister's daughter, said, uh, I woke up one minute and I just seen my uncle Paul sat in the chair drinking a can of beer, singing the bare necessities of life from the Jungle Book. <laughs> so she's like, you know, she just found this big lump sat drinking a can of beer, drinking, singing. Bare necessities. Bare necessities. Yeah. Oh, Bare necessities. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Peter Fury and um, Johnny Nelson, boxers. They said, when people wouldn't even look at Paul Sykes sideways. He was a scary man. Um, and <clears throat> do you know what? The kids who set fire to him, <sighs> pissed on him, smashed eggs on a daily basis. Johnny Nelson said to me, them kids would never have had any inkling who once upon a time that man was. Because by then he was just a shell of himself. And uh, all the kids used to, many of them used to go and beat him up and think, oh, I've just beat Paul Sykes up there. You'd, well, you didn't. What you've done is just beat someone who used to be Paul Sykes. Mm. So <clears throat> it's, it's very sad. And um, I was talking to the guy who's going to play Paul Sykes, very, very well-known actor. 
And, uh, and he said, you know what? To play the part of Paul Sykes, that's what gets it, the social justice side of it. Life, you were so bad, and then all of a sudden, life come back round. <clears throat> so all them people whose dads you beat up and granddads has come back and beat you on the ass. But, um, you know, whether he is now, up there, down there, he'll be judged. But, you know, I, I totally understand. When that Paul Sykes thing happens, it will be huge. Like Leicester Square um, film documentary. And he's just an unbelievable one of character. But, the, you know, many people, when you see him, you think, Keith Lemon. You think, that's not... A, but it was a true story. Everything about that guy. In fact, the more you, de- you dig into the Paul Sykes story, the more wackier and... What, one story, um, what Sykes used to do at the end of his life was, was he used to go into shops and get cans of beer and just walk out, and kebabs. So this kebab shop, so he walked out, this kebab shop before phone the police. So uh, they found him in, in the Wakefield uh, cemetery in a grave and he's eating a um, kebab, cans of lager and the police have jumped down. And they're trying to snatch your stuff off and they're in this grave and it's crazy. But it was just the life, wacky life of Paul Sykes. And he was very much real. He lived by his own rules. And uh, eventually that's what killed him at the end of his... Very, very sad because at the end of his deathbed, Delroy Showers went and seen him and um, his wife, Kath. And he actually said, before he, before he died, he slipped into a coma for six days and never recovered. But one of his last words was... The drink's killed me, hasn't it? It's got me. So he knew. And, um, was he drugs or just drink? Both. Both. Obviously, he was um, a raging alcoholic. He was a functional alcoholic from uh last 25 years of his life. But it was he was into everything drugs-wise and all that. But, you know, the, <clears throat> I, I interviewed one guy and he said, I was, so I was with Paul Sykes. He was having his beers and I'm sat with him, and this is, you know, this guy's getting paranoid, and all of a sudden Paul Sykes started taking acid, and he thought, where am I going to get out? Unbelievable story, but you know what? Seriously, that, I mean, that's what got me into it as an author, Sean, and you know when I'd done that book, I didn't even know if I was any good. I just thought, I'm going to write this book, you know, see what happens. Interviewed a few famous people, Charles Bronson, Eddie Richardson, all different people, um, but I was addicted to writing this book, and when it's when I'd done it, I stopped. Thought, what can I do now? I was going to ask, where did you get your information from? Uh, I, just from just digging deep, and you know, I mean, the the, the first book I'd done interviewed his two of his sons. Uh, went into prison to to see them because two of his sons are doing life, um, and I just interviewed lots of different people, Lups at the state, the boxing people who knew him as a childhood friend, people who knew him at the end of his life, when he was going to church just for tea and biscuits. So it was all very sad, but, um, yeah, it's just a really tragic, harrowing tale about a man who could have had everything and died in the gutter. And, How and old was he when he died? <clears throat> he, he was um, he was 60, but, I mean, that picture, If you, I mean, one of the first images, if you Google Paul Sykes, he's like that, the, the jazz hands, he's got about eight coats on beard. So that, that, that was two and a half years before he died. And when you look at that picture, you think it's impossible to fall harder in society. And um, he did. He did get to the point where he could hardly walk, couldn't open his beer because his hands were full of arthritis. The kids were hunting him and packed on a daily basis in Wakefield. Well, men had a similar trajectory, but he died in his late 40s. He could hardly walk and he was, yeah. yeah. And it was alcohol, same 
Yeah. Every day, every day drinking loads yeah. and loads well, of alcohol. Well, that's, that's on Paul Sykes' death certificate, it says pneumonia and cirrhosis of the liver, which was drink, which was just cheap cider. Cheap cider. And yeah. uh, he, he, he would drink anything. And, uh, you know, he, ne- he never, alcohol is really what, what done him in. Mm. They say it's the number one drug. Mm-hmm. So how did you come to learn about Paul Sykes? Through Jamie. Through Jamie. Publishing his audio books mm-hmm. and listening to him and just getting yeah. gripped by the stories. What were you when you first heard him? I was just giggling my head off when I was li- this, this, Everywhere he went, like you've just. What Jamie told you there's a <clears throat> minuscule fraction of what's in these books. But everywhere he goes. There's a story. It's just a madness, like what yeah. we heard of what yeah. Nick Manners said. I mean, do you know what? Paul Sykes used to fall asleep on um, the helipad in Wakefield just to wind the. the because he was in Wakefield every day. People were always beating him up. Once upon a time, he was sending him a lot of pay, unpaid overtime. Because obviously, everyone, you know, if there was one thing the Wakefield bouncers didn't want to hear was Paul Sykes out in town. So he was beating all the people up in his pram. And at the end of his life, when he was getting beaten up, you know, he, he, got, he, got, his arm, <clears throat> he got his arm broke by a young kid I won't name. Uh, it was probably... Probably 40 years as junior. And uh, and that was because, you know, and the police would say to Paul, do you want to make a statement? And he said, no, no, I don't. He said, he said I know why it's happening, because of the way I was. And uh, towards the end of his life, he got his jaw broke. And listen, it, it's it, life swings in roundabouts. And if you're going to be a total bastard all your life, the chances are life, God's going to get you back at some point. But it is a really strong story and... Um, to how he died, you know, no one deserved the ending he got. If he'd done any wrong in his life, believe me, I'm not exaggerating, he was paid back a thousand times because um, he was hunted like a pack animal. He was just, you know, and it was all because once upon a time he used to be this unbelievable guy who the newspaper would cover and his documentary and his book and all this and he was fighting for the British and the Commonwealth title and, you know, in, all, in the blink of an eye, he was a nobody. It's interesting. Mm. Had you heard of him, Alex? No, like myself. Nope. Can't wait to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, what's your plans while you're up here, Alex? Well, they've changed slightly. Mm. <laughs> yes. So he was going to be coming up for um, <coughs> the Paul Venice Danny Christie fight. You because it was a ch- it's an autism charity and having yeah. been diagnosed <clears throat> with autism recently, I like to support it. I like Paul, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And he's, he's got an autistic child. Yeah. Um, uh, and autism, there's a, there's a scale and she's um, a, a bit more extreme. You know, I'm functioning. Yeah. And so, understanding what raise some money and some awareness for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just slightly postponed um, and obviously you guys will probably come up and film it in a couple of weeks. You're, you're going to be... I'm actually in the... <laughs> I'm in... I get to answer. I'm in pre-production for a reality TV show, mm. and one of the things we're going to do is covering how to get yourself back up off the ground. Nice, yeah. And you know, after that, the, the, the world is the oyster. I want to, you know, see where things go. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, where are you now? Right. Oh, where am I? Oh, I see what you inside mean. your head. Mm. Um, a lot better than you were last year. I asked. I ask, yes, I ask, um, I ask all of you, because I'm fascinated what, what drives you. I think about a lot about 
as you get older, you think about we're closer to passing than we are when we were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you think, what's like? Speak what's, for yourself. What's the rest of? <laughs> what's the? Well, give it a few more years. Oh, yeah. Another ten years. Good another ten. You're like, well, what's my life all about? What am I here for? Yeah, you know, what, what's going to make me happy and content? Yeah, you know? and I can see how passionate you are about mm-hmm. um, your books and your. your you're passionate, you both are about your different projects, you're, you're, you know, while you're doing what you're doing now, going around the country. Mm, I've it's had ju- real good fun as well, it's yeah, different. What, what gets you drive? We're asking you this now, you've yeah. already asked us. I'm learning, <laughs> I'm trying to understand. Do you know, I'm there just going s- with the flow for the next year or two and just taking in every and any opportunity within reason, not only fans or any Tomorrow's crap like that, that. and just... Just seeing what happens, and like I'm happy at the moment. At the moment, yeah. I feel unhappy. I'll change it, but for now, I feel fucking amazing. So it's exciting showing up and meeting yeah. someone you've never met before and hearing a life story. Yeah, it's great. It is great. At and the then moment, you... if, if it do, you know gets to the point, it doesn't suit my life. I'll change it. Do you? Do you? Do you? And I'm like, you asked me a question. I'm like, I'm almost reversing it. Do you like pick up tips to try and work out what you're all about? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at my strengths and weaknesses. That's what I do, yeah. 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 It's like, hmm, can I... I was on Brian Rose's show, um, London Real, uh, many years... Not many years ago, I don't know, about five, six years ago. And he is very similar. He, he goes, he interviews all these amazing, interesting people. And you see how he's developed that and it's really become him. Or he's picking up the best of everything. He's gone a bit of Bruce Lee. Taking what's useful and got rid of the rest. Yeah. I find that interesting. I'm interested in people myself. That's why I'm here now. Mm. Yeah, interested in what, why? What makes us tick? So what do you want from life? <sighs> peace. Peace. I still don't have peace. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's a work in progress. I have a beautiful little girl. and But I still don't have peace because I have the fear as any parent does to provide mm. I mean it's about I need to get out there and I need to work and I and to bring in the something called money which is a, I don't want to be ever be a slave to that I believe in the law of attraction and it's about having that happiness now and it's not about faking it to you make it you really got to believe right now that you are you have it all you have it all yeah. yeah and it, but you've also got to practice gratitude. Well, 100%. Yeah. And I, I look at my little girl and I have such gratitude. So that's good. And I, and I relax. I know it's all going to be great. No, it is great. You're already I, there. There's a, there is a juxtapose because every now and again, I, I, there's the doubt comes in. Oh, hang on a minute. Everybody, you know, everybody who has ever accomplished anything great, they're like, oh, can I do this? Mm. I don't believe anybody who says, I, I've no, had no doubt, whatever. I'm sure they had a doubt. You're just about to run, you know, you're going to jump a, a ravine. <whistles> oh, hang on a Whoop. You know that one where you've tried to jump somewhere and you, just before you get to the edge, you, oh, it's a bit like that, you know. And you've got to believe in yourself because if you don't, you're going to fall. Yeah. But there's like a tension in you, isn't there? Yes. And what's the root cause of that? Psychology, Sean. Failure. It's what? Failure. Fear of failure. Failure. Well, that's because you're just setting 
a high standard on yourself, isn't it? It's self-inflicted, so you're creating that tension. But, but this is the thing, right? I mean, if you, what makes you truly happy? I mean, people who are who who succeed in life, they are a bit crazy. In uh, they they become obsessed. All the, yeah, yeah, they become obsessed, and I'm like, but. I was I was on a trip because you said you said something that made me think you you weren't because you were just happy. Mm. I'm like, hold on a minute, maybe you you don't. Do you need? I mean, if you just stop tomorrow, like for instance, if some sort of climb climatical, what's the word I'm looking for? Dramatic instance happens on the planet, and you just just had to live in a. No, that's not the word. Well, I did that for six years, and I just did yoga all the time and read. And you're happy? I was happy to an extent. I was, I was happy as I could be under those circumstances. Right, here goes. What makes you unhappy? You've got to make the most of every situation, I believe. What about We're all that? running out of time. We're all running out of time. I spent four weeks in Plentiful Prison last year, and I was happy. Yeah. What the hell? You said in the interview. Because you detached. You were detached from I, all I, the I pressures. Purpose, I had focus. I was like, uh, God give me the wisdom to... Basically, the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I had limited things I could control, so I just mm-hmm. controlled what I could, and I was happy. And you had limited material possessions and the stress that comes with those. No rent, no bills. Four weeks. Yeah. I don't want to do any more. <laughs> I don't want Especially to do Especially now you've got your daughter. A hundred percent. I mean, she is just... I, yeah. But it, it, there is... There's nothing ever going to be certain. There's only one thing we can all be certain of. None of us are going to get out of here alive. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die someday. But I mean, like, that's why I really think about it now. I think about death a lot. Well, the only thing certain in life is death and taxes. Yeah. So anxiety makes us perform. But uh, will there be taxes, though, if we have no money? If we're talking about like we're, we're with no money and we'd be happy, I'm like the new world, the conspiracy theories. Right? If we go all live on it. But maybe that maybe there is something in that though. If we don't have any money, sorry. Anxiety makes us perform, stimulates us to do what is necessary to make the money or whatever we need. But do you think you have an excess anxiety above what is normal to make us do the normal? Activity? Do you think you're putting too much think, pressure on yourself? I don't. I think I maybe I chastise myself being lazy. I'd but be, what's your definition be, of being lazy? Beat myself up. I, I could do know. more. I could do more of this. I could do more. What am I doing? I'm, you get up and do more. Come on, stop being, stop being a bum. And you're like, you, you need time out. That's why I was saying to you, you need. You can't. You you've got to <laughs> relax but, a little. But, but, but you know what? Yeah. Do you know what? Right. I used to be uh, all the jobs I've ever done. Right. And my hobbies, releases, used to be football, boxing, true crime. So now, for what, what I get paid to do, I used to do. So I actually don't have a job anymore. So that, that's the thing why I can't cut off. Because what I used to, what I'd get paid for now, I used to do for free. <laughs> so, so that's all. I'm a million mile an hour and I've got the anxiety and all that. But when, you're, when your passion becomes your job, yeah. it, I do hear that. Yeah, do something yeah. you love. It, all, it does actually take away the passion a bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You, well, do you know what? Find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But you said, you still got to work what's, bloody hard, what's lazy, right? You epitomise that a little bit, in my opinion, because you've got these huge Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you don't make anything of them where I, I succeed because 
I, I mean, uh, another podcaster said to me a couple of years back, you're the first thing I see in the morning and the last thing I see at night. John Blake's and not chucking... Sorry? Romantic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but, but it's true because I'm... Re- and it's no one's going to do it for me. I'm not going to... No labourers are going to come and help me. It's all me. And it's all stuff I would do for free anyway. So I'm like, do you know what I mean? And it, that's why I want to make this... This COVID has killed my business for the last two years. Oh, a lot of people's... Yeah. It's back on you track. Know, there's... No more negativity. Come on. There's, there's 300 water stores in Great Britain and they've all stopped buying in bulk. So that's... You know, and it's, but it's, if I was a millionaire, what could I do about it? I can't do nothing about it. So when you came and first met me in Wildman, yeah. your attention was high, wasn't it? Yeah, really but bad. now, look at you today, all I'm not, is down, isn't it? the first time you've seen him since then. No, no, we, no, we speak a lot. No, yeah. but seeing in person. We've done a few podcasts. Uh, uh, over the, uh, we were always doing podcasts. Yeah. Enjoy oh, he's, them. He's bringing guests. Like, really but but what, my question is, how have you got to where you are now from when we first met you? Because you look, seem really relaxed versus... Um, it was... Uh, <clears throat> the doctor said what it was. So I had anxiety. I looked like I was on drugs all the time. But it was from not taking a day off because it was my hobby and... Um, basically, I'd started, my nervous system started de- developing all these ticks. That's what it was. So I've obviously tried a different oil and said, no, I'm not going to mention because we're not allowed. Um, but I'm not, I'm not quite there yet, but I need to be. But that, how I got that bad was a million mile an hour, and then all of a sudden, everyone knew who I was. Everyone's got an opinion of this guy. I was in Wakefield. People come talk to me, Leeds, uh, and, and like... And everyone had an opinion of me. Oh, you're the bastard who done them books and all that. And but that's how some people. But do you sorry? Oh, do you believe there's actually a there there? Because you know you just said I'm not quite there yet. And Alex has said something similar this evening. I think. Don't you find that your whole life is a work in progress? <clears throat> no, I just meant. Or on, there's going to be. And we pressure ourselves to think to, that it's to not. To think that you're yeah. going to reach this end goal. This ideal, like, isn't it? That yeah. we never. Oh my god, I'm 100 percent happy yeah. for the rest of my. I don't think it works. Like I've that. got a plan where I mean, like I said, 100 books, but. I'm, you know, they're going to get to the point when people mention Arthur in the North East, they'll think of one guy. And it'll be because I've done fuckloads of books, not because I'm, you know, everything I, I do, I work hard at it. Do you know, I don't want nothing given on a plate. Do you put the dictaphone down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, that's how I did for four years. I, I had a book finished before I had my book out, and it was a conveyor belt of just craziness. Do you know what I mean? And got addicted to painkillers and. You know, and uh, yeah, but but that was it was my drug. It was like I've got a drug. <laughs> it's called food. It's been going a while now. I was told I'm getting taken out, <laughs> and then you told me we're going to be off for now. It's been about two hours. Yeah, yeah. I need some food, mate. So, right. but, but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 Where's the thing? Um, I'm not going to have you break it down the rain for us to make your books. Got to save this planet. <laughs> I'll just find someone else to Recycle write Recycle paper. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Final but, question for Jamie then, if we're wrapping it up. Who do you think is more handsome, Tommy from Peaky Blinders or Alex Reed? Do you know what? Seriously, I've only started watching Peaky Blinders this week and I've been like, what the fuck have I been missing all these years? I know, I've just started like last month. <laughs> so I'm falling away, right? And do you know what? If I was gay, like, I mean, do you know what? what Alex you is, good, is, is a good looking guy. But you know what? That Peaky Blinders, I mean... Are you the battle to catch her? No, but you know what? He's, um, that Peaky Blinder, I understand why the women have a lot of... Um, 
have some have some for him. Squeeze it. But uh, <laughs> I'd probably have to I'd probably have to say I'm an Alex Reid man. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Alex Reid all the way. Love at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for watching this. All the links will be in the description box. Please go and subscribe to Alex Reed's YouTube channel. He's promised us he's going to start posting way more content. We're going to go out on the town and get all frisky, and that'll be there. We'll be doing live streams from, from the bars, doing all kinds of... Shots. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie, Warcry Publishing as well. All the links to the books will be down there. The audio books will blow your mind. I just got totally, you know, the world of Lee Duffy, the world of Paul Sykes. My life's never been the same. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as I said, there's loads of more coming. Unless I get shot or piano falls on me or I get struck by lightning, I'm, I'm flooding Great Britain. That's with my plan next couple of years. And yeah. Jen Mental. is flooding Great Britain with organic cotton clothing. Boomer and Jen. Clothing. It's, nice. it's very nice. Mm. No, it is. It is. Good, I'm okay. not saying that. It generally is. Yeah, do you still wear it? I like it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I really like it. Good. Thank you. Yeah, get along. And as you know, we're all about love, and we end these things with hugs, so... <laughs> you first. <laughs> right. right, come in. Oh, oh we've got poop in my face. <laughs> I don't want that in my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks very much, John. Oh, yeah. oh, it was a great pleasure. Cheers. This podcast is sponsored by Gadfly Press. We are proud to announce the publication of Britain's number one art forger, Max Brandert, The Life of a Cheeky Faker. And from the back cover blurb, Max the Forger is an artist and gentleman whose colourful lifestyle has spanned over 70 years. He has lived under the strict regime of Bernardo's children's homes, being an elephant handler in the circus, Lived rough, busked his way from Brighton to Bombay, sold his fakes up and down the country, dined with dukes, socialised with celebrities, associated with gangsters, served time in prison, and donated tens of thousands to charity. And through it all, he has never stopped smiling and loving life and missing his mum. Quote from the book. Mr. Brandert, I do not see you as a malicious criminal, sighed the judge. But why, oh why, do you continue to use your God-given talent in this way? I just can't help myself, Your Honour. It's like an addiction, I grinned. Available worldwide on Amazon. Link in the description box below this video. Thank you for supporting our sponsor. Here at Boomer and Jen, we offer a wide range of organic or recycled clothing. We all know our planet is important. We only have this one. So it's vital that we all work together to slow down and reverse the changes to the environment. Whilst we all know that big industry are having a significant effect on pollution, here at Boomer and Gen, we believe that if we all make small changes, we can do our part. Fast fashion causes detrimental effects to the planet. Not only is nearly 20% of global wastewater produced by the fast fashion industry, but there is a considerable amount of fast fashion ending up in landfill. So let's move away from fast fashion items that are only worn once or twice and start wearing extremely comfortable, durable and environmentally friendly clothing and ethical jewellery. 
Boomer and Jen was founded in a quiet town in Devon in 2018. It has now gone from strength to strength as the world is becoming more aware of the current climate situation, helping our customers to buy sustainable, quality clothing. All of our products are fair trade and registered with the Global Organic Textiles Standard Association. Check us out on organiccottonclothing.co.uk As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.